This week's Premium Pete Show was brought to you by Target. Target is partnering with HBCUs to support the next generation of black talent. One of the ways Target is teaming up with HBCUs is through Target's HBCU Design Challenge. It's where HBCU students, they submit designs to be included in Target's Black History Month collection. Hold on, let me put you on. Winners also receive a cash prize, equipment, mentoring, and networking opportunities. This year's winners are from FAMU, Bowie State, and Hampton. I want you to check back during Black History Month to see the latest winners' designs that will be featured in Target's 2022 Black History Month collection. Internets, celebrate your legacy. Invest in the future. And do me a favor. Visit Target.com forward slash Black Beyond Measure. One more time. Visit Target.com forward slash Black Beyond Measure to learn more. Check one, two. This is a throwback episode of the Premium Pete Show. So before we get to it, let me explain to you. We had lost this audio. Then we found the memory card corrupt. Couldn't fix it. Wound up finding it. Okay? Internets. November 15th, 2017, Philadelphia, Premium Pete Show Live. What a great, great, great cast. Great cast guest, man. It was a great night. So shouts to everybody who was involved. You're here. But also, a lot of things you hear are outdated. So, you know, I don't want to hear anybody say, well, she ain't on it. But listen, it's outdated. November 15, 2017. But we ne- we couldn't get the audio. Now it's fixed. Put it out as a throwback episode. So I hope you enjoy it. Peace and blessings to everybody worldwide. Everybody that's been down with me since day one to today. Listen, salutes. It's always all love. Um, thank you for everybody. Pete's Premium Pasta Sauce. Thank you. Um, a lot of people, orders are still coming in. We have it in stores. I'm working on a bunch of things, uh, announcements for that soon. Pete'sPremiumPastaSauce.com. Check it out. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, yeah, man, we just got finished wrapping up being in that movie. My first uh, appearance or my first you know, uh, role in a movie, Don Q, um, alongside Armando Sante, Vincent Pastor, um, Federico Castelluccio, a couple, of, a couple other people. I mean, it's a great cast, man. Um, and I'm thankful. Shouts to uh, Cordio Belante, Mike Domino, and definitely Armando Sante. Um, listen, this is a throwback episode. Okay, at me, at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show on Twitter, Instagram. Let me know where you're listening from. Let me know what's up. Let me know what's going on. Let me know if you're coming to New York. You better visit the good pizza stores. Don't go to the 99 cent shit. No. Can't get a good pizza for 99 cents. Sorry. Anyway, um, peace and blessings to you and yours. Remember, this is a throwback episode. And, man, time flies, man. Live it. It's short when you think. This is already a couple of years ago. But enjoy it. Peace. Internet, you're listening to the Premium Pizza. Yeah, to my dad. Enjoy. Internet, this is the live Premium Pete show in Philadelphia. Shouts to my partners, WeWork. It was at a beautiful, let me tell you something. The WeWork Philly spot is, is luxurious. It's beautiful. I loved it there. For those of you who don't know what WeWork is, it's a creative space. It's where entrepreneurs, startups, big businesses, small businesses go and, 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 man, let me tell you something. You know how many businesses and you, you know how many dreams are created at WeWork? Man, well, I'll tell you one thing. One dream is mine. And being able to tour and hit different cities 
and do the live premium Pete show has been special. I loved, I really loved Philadelphia. People were so in tune and people really appreciated and followed the journey and loved the, the, the guests that came and loved the gems that they received. And of course, you know, listen, anybody who has been to a premium Pete show live, food's on deck, drinks on deck, okay? Giveaways on deck. You understand? And plus, I'm going to bring out artists, athletes, entrepreneurs, whoever. Let me tell you something. We're going to get to this episode. I'm so, 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 so thankful for all the people that came through. Okay? I want to shout out my guy, Bjorn. Okay? Out in Philly. A good dude, a friend of mine. Helped me put together a lot. On the ones and twos, the one and only DJ Spontane. Okay? Internet, if you don't know that name, pay attention. DJ Spontane. Also, the dude who did the video, Visions, ill videographer, ill, okay? And, of course, my guy Eric Morgan from WeWork. Thank you for the partnership. Internet, we're the first podcast to ever do in a WeWork space and do a live tour and move around. Live, live city tour and move around. Live tour. Come on. Podcast tour. Who? who come on, man. Man, I, I, I all that, all the combat jack. All we did eight, nine years ago was turn on some microphones in a little room. Microphones were janky. Now I'm on tour. I know Reggie would be proud of me. I'll tell you, the first guest I have, I'm, I'm, I've always admired her, her hustle. Just, just, just her voice in radio is mean to say what. You know, she just does a lot of dope stuff. She's on TV. She's on the morning show, uh, Power 99 Philly. And and just a real dope girl, you know, like when somebody just like has like a dope aurora vibe around them, and 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 really, to be honest with you, another reason I brought her out is because like yo, people who who listen to a girl like this, like what it takes to be on the morning show. Everybody wants to be on radio, but do they want to wake up at four in the morning? You know, the struggles, the ups and downs, like that. That that's the special part of it. You know, we just kept on talking about you know waking up at four a.m. Getting to you know she. Um, I think she was interning for Ebro back in the day in Power 105, you know, moving to small markets and coming into her own voice. Because not everybody, it's funny, because not everybody likes their own voice, and their voices could be very popular, very powerful. Let's get to our guest, the one and only Mina Say What. Cheer. So I actually never thought I would be doing morning radio. The opportunity opened up. Um, I met Pete when I worked at SiriusXM. I worked in New York. So um, I met him at like an event, you know, in New York does all these networking dope events. So I met Pete there. So I really just wanted to grow. You know, I worked at SiriusXM. I was on air there. I was programming. And I just felt like this little fish in this big pond with these bigger fish. Like Sway is down the block. Howard Stern is right next to me. You know, Martha Stewart got a whole wing, <laughs> you know, at SiriusXM. And here I was a kid, you know, out of Syracuse and trying to find my way. So I really just wanted to grow. And um, I had interned at Hot 97 with Ebro. I was Ebro's intern. And I was trying to get into Hot 97. I was trying to get into Power 105. And I kept getting the same thing. You need experience. You need experience. So finally, I just started apply, applying to different radio stations in the area. I applied everywhere. I applied in Jersey, Trenton, Delaware, uh, Philly, New York, Long Island. I yeah. even applied to the party station at Long Island. Like anything that would give me an opportunity to really showcase my skills. Because I came from satellite, a lot of the things Ebro used to say this to me all the time, well, you got to do terrestrial radio. So for people who don't understand satellite, it's considered like different from terrestrial, you know, like the satellites are in the air and then the radio that you hear in your car, 
you know, um, you get that from terrestrial radio. So I really just was applying everywhere like crazy. And um, the morning show position opened up on Power 99 in Philly, and I was ready to grow. I was ready for the move and whatever it took. You know, I never thought I'd be doing mornings, but, you know, when opportunity presents itself, it doesn't matter what it is. You just got to jump at it and kind of, like, push yourself so you can get to the next level. You know, it's funny. I think I spoke about this with you before, but the first time you heard your voice, like, it's crazy because you'll be on morning show radio for how many years now with with Power? Six. So six years. So people hear you from the city. They hear you. They don't ever think that maybe you don't like your voice or the first time you heard your voice, you weren't really like, what the hell? Do you do you like your voice to this day? I like my voice now, but when I was first starting off, I would be who I thought I wanted to sound like. So you have someone who you think you want to sound like, right? So you try to be that person in your head. I call that the introductory phase. Like, you're still trying to find your voice. That's what I call it. Finding your voice is really when you're really comfortable with just who you are, who your personality is, what your brand is, and just absolutely just being unapologetically you. And I think it comes with time. And at first, I I hated my voice because I wanted to sound a certain way, and I wasn't sounding the way that I thought I should sound in my head. But the more time that I put in and the more I was on air, I discovered really what my voice was and who I am as a person. And now I'm just comfortable being what I am and who I am and what I sound like. So now I actually like my voice. But at first, I used to be like, ugh, that sound like a hot mess. <laughs> Yo, the craziest uh, ad person I like on Philly radio is that dude that talks about coming to Club Onyx. Yeah. Who, who is that Lucky. dude? <laughs> who is that? that yo, that Lucky. dude. That what's his name? Lucky. Oh, okay. Yeah, I gotta meet that dude one time. Yo, has people heard his ads yeah. right about coming to? Yo, that dude has legendary ads, especially right. when he talks about coming to Club Onyx on Sundays. So it's funny. I do I do a club night every last Sunday of the month. I do a ladies' night there. So. I go to him, I'm like, yo, do the voice. Like, come on, let's go. So we're on the stage on, on at Onyx, and he's like, wait a minute, I got to get drunk to do it. And I'm like, you should be able to pound right away, you know? So um, some people, you know, have to find that. You sure, know, sure, obviously sure. he had to find that. He had to, he had to figure out a way where he felt comfortable doing that. But this dude will be like, you broke, you didn't got a car, come down to Onyx. They fly from the, from the windows, they coming in in a broom. And I'm like, really? <laughs> bro, you bro, the best thing is I heard him say we had a mother and daughter on the stage the other night what do they want me to do it was the lord's day you know like yo that shit that shit had me dying but more so but you have to find that right so you got to find your voice and figure Mm. out like what works for you Mm. you know with with power 99 you know what you guys sat down with a lot of people but more importantly being a woman in a a male-dominated industry you know do you ever feel like you know the toughness from that or you ever feel like out of place or you know what's crazy? Um, I played sports when I was growing up, so I was always around. You know, I played basketball, volleyball, softball. I grew up playing basketball in the courts, so I never saw that. Like, I never, I never really focused on it. Um, when I was at Sirius, there was a good variety of women and men, so I never really, even at High 97, when I was at High 97, there was a nice balance of women you're a man or woman people are going to respect you so yeah i find myself in rooms and i'm the only woman but i'm not sitting there being treated differently or i'm not Mm. pointing that out i'm just as good as the guys sometimes better you know i gotta work harder than they do um and i'm the youngest at at the station so um i actually rl one of our our part-time guys he just came on part-time he does uh weekends so shouts to rl but before rl i was the youngest you know, so it's really just about working hard and people will respect you. And over time, you won't even 
you know, you'll just be another voice that they that they respect. Sure. Not so much the woman, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, you sat down with a bunch of people. What was one of your most memorable times over at Power 99? Memorable. So I grew up loving Nas to death, right? So he comes, and this is after the Khalees situation happened, and he put out Life is Good. And he had not done any interviews about the album, talked about Khalees. Nas is a private guy. You you guys probably pick up on that, right? So we did an interview. It was just me and him. First of all, I was so nervous. I literally so like I literally pulled out all his CDs because I had them, and then I apologized because I'm like Nas, you know times is hard sometimes, so I had to bootleg some of the CDs. <laughs> so don't get mad that I bootleg Streets Disciples. I'm sorry, Nas, but you know times is hard. But I pulled out all my CDs, and he picked up on the fact that bigger than the fact that I'm interviewing him, I was a real fan. Like I followed him through his career, and I think that that allowed him to really open up to me about Khalees, you know, and the dress. You know, he put that infamous green dress on the cover of the album, and it's like, why would you put her dress on your album? He was like, well, that's the only thing she left in the house when she picked up and left. You know, and I'm like, what What made you put it on the cover, though? He's like, I didn't know what else to do with it. You know, and he talk, he, he opened up about that. So for me, that was a real, like, full circle moment. You know, you grow up being a fan as a kid and writing down lyrics and, you know, really having a passion for the music. And then you interview the guy and he kind of gives you respect and says, wow, like I've done interviews everywhere. You can Google it. Google would mean to say what and not. You'll find an interview. He's like, I really have respect for you. There's a lot of feeling. And this this interview is real. He was like, there's a lot of interviews I do and people just asking questions. You're really connected to, to what we're talking about. So that, that was a really big moment for me. Man, the one and only Mina Say What, man. That was special just to really, for her, as to, to drop them gems, man. And, and, and I love seeing such inspiring uh, young women just really out here doing their thing. And, and, and I'll tell you one thing. The, 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 what do they say? The, the sky's the limit? Sky's the limit for Mina Say What. Now, let me tell you something. This next guest on the live premium peach show in Philadelphia, Philadelphia. Oh, oh, one thing. If you're going to get cheesesteaks, don't go to Pat's and all that and Geno's. Go to Ishkabibbles, okay? Official. You want to ask about cheesesteaks? Go to fucking Ishkabibbles. And I'll tell you one thing. I do like this spot on South Street called Woodrow's for a cheesesteak. I mean, listen, maybe a gem spot. Take my advice. I couldn't go to Philly without bringing out uh, just such a pillar of Philly. Such a legendary dude. Somebody who made history out there and someone who continues to be a force to, and just really just a great presence. The one and only Freeway. Let me tell you something, man. We spoke about his first rap names and eating and touring and getting touring tips from Jay-Z. Working with just Blaze, his health, you know, and, and really what he's eating these days and how hard is it and and his thoughts on having longevity in the music industry. Because that's not something that is easy. Yo, there's a lot of people that are in this music business 20 plus years. Some 30. It's not fucking easy. Let me tell you something, internet. You focus on today. You try to focus on tomorrow. Longevity is what it's all about. I always say it's like what you leave behind. Longevity is what it's about. Longevity should be your dream. 
You could live today, but you could be gone tomorrow. But longevity and what you leave behind will last forever. Let's get to the one and only early freeway on the live Premium Pete Show in Philadelphia. Cheer. When you were growing up in Philly, what was the first inkling that you ever had that you wanted to be a rapper? Do you remember that moment? Uh, Actually... That and then even what was your first name before even Freeway? Was it always Freeway? I had a, I had a bunch of rap names. My name Leslie, my real name is Leslie. So my first rap name was L E S, laying everything smooth. Mm. Then I uh, <laughs> <laughs> I used my my attribute, my Muslim name Basil. So it was Bazanova, Tommy Hill Basil, all, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> you know what I mean? But the first time. I mean, I was little. I think it was probably like around. I always had love for rap, and always like in school, even like third, fourth grade. I used to always like rap in the, in the lunchrooms and all that. But I think it was like naughty by nature. Like I really, I really fuck with Dress and Black Sheep Tretch. They was like my favorite MCs. And then when Big came out with his album, he was like talking what we was living. So I'm like, oh my god, this is what this is what I want to do. You know, so. I just I never felt like I couldn't do it. I always felt like I could do it. Then when I seen people like Eve and Beans be successful from the city, even before them, like the youngsters and you know, like uh like Cool C and Steady B, when I seen people that I could actually see and actually touch be successful, it made me feel like I could do it even more, you know? You know, one thing uh we spoke the other day and something that you said to me made me think because we talk about health and how health is health should be at a point where we say health is fly, health is dope. But people don't look at it like that. Think about it. You know, we rather look good on the outside, on the inside. We could be all fucked up, but nobody knows that. You know, so you you were saying something to me about how on tour with Jay that he was like eating certain type of foods. Like he was like, "Yo, don't be eating that fried shit." What was he eating? Yeah, we used to be on tour with Jay back in the day. That nigga be eating like. Crab cakes and baked wings and stuff like that. You know, we from the hood. We eating cheesesteaks, McDonald's, <laughs> whatever we could get our hands on. You know, we was young, but Jay used to always tell us, like, yo, I'm telling you, don't be messing around with that stuff. It ain't good for you. He used to be in the gym every morning. You know, we, you know what we was doing. You know what I'm saying? We weren't thinking about the gym, man. We was living our life. So, you know, it's important to, you know, pay attention to somebody People that's older and that got a little bit more knowledge, you know, that's very important. If I would have been paying more attention to him, I probably wouldn't be in the situation that I'm in now. Mm. You know, you think about some of the magic that you made with Just Blaze, you know, straight magic. I mean, what does Just Blaze even mean to you? As oh man, Just Blaze he means everything to me, man. He's, he's a, first, first and foremost, he's my brother, and we make great music together. Like you know, what I mean, he set the tone for my whole first album. You know, got a lot of love for Justin. We still do a lot of work to this day. He on my new album now that, that I'm about to put out, too. So looking forward to that. Yo, uh, Spontaneous, just so we hear, I mean, obviously everyone in this room knows it, but just play a snippet of what him and Just Blaze do. Just because when you talk about something, you hear something, it's like molding silly putty together, man. So many new artists out in Philly. So many. P&B Rock, 
You know, uh, um, what is some? I mean, more than that is like Kerr. What's this kid's name? Kerr. Yeah, Kerr. Doing you his know, thing. Who, shout out who, to Kerr. Shout out to PNB Rock. We got a lot of talent who, in the who, city, who, man. Who you like right now? I like everybody, man. You but know, you keep your ear to the street. I know that for sure. I like everybody. You know, it's, it's a lot of people in the city that's doing their thing. That's up and coming. You know, that got that's bringing different things to the table, different elements to the table, and it's beautiful, man. You know, it's a good time for music right now. You know, you spoke about dropping a new project. Top of the year? Well, we're going to drop the first single top of the year. We probably dropped the album like May, June. Any features? Yeah, but, you know, we ain't going to get into that right now. But it's, it's okay, definitely okay, okay. some okay. I, It's definitely some good features on there. I know I'll give you one feature. Uh, somebody that I collaborated with before that people love a lot. Me and Lil Wayne got a crazy joint on there. Mm, it's mm, going to be crazy. Mm. Me and Jada Kiss got a crazy joint on there. So. Mm. Mm, okay. Look forward to it. And uh, somebody from Philly that's, that's doing anything right now, me and, Uzi, me and Lil Uzi got a, a record on the album too. So mm. look forward to that. I mean, I mean, that's enough to that, that's enough to be interested in this album. It's way more to. It's crazy. Trust me, it's crazy. You know, me from being a Brooklyn cat, right? For someone that's been in Philly, been a pillar in Philly, I look at you as just a, 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 just being a part of the community. W- what does Philly mean to you? Philly mean everything to me, man. You know, I named my first album Philadelphia Freeway. You know what I'm saying? So I represent Philly everywhere I go. No matter where I'm at in the world, Philly is on my back, you know? Now, let me ask something. This John. Has that been around a long time? Yeah, John been around since I've been around. Okay, okay. I'm just learning. I'm learning some of this. Some- and when I come around, the Johns come around. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, the crazy shit is I remember somebody was telling me, damn, you see that John? I'm like, what the fuck? Who? I didn't even know what they were talking about, but then when I seen that walk by, I was like, oh, okay, maybe that's what they mean, you know? But, you know. John, John can mean anything. Okay, even you know like food. I might call my man Dro, like, yo, Dro, did you get the Jones for me? He'd be like, yeah, I got the Jones for you. I'd be like, all right, you got the Jones for me. I'm going to go grab the John and meet me at the John. We'd be there in like 10 minutes. Let's get to a QA for, uh, for Freeway. Who got a question for F- Freeway? Now you got me saying Philly in my mind. It's all good. That's what they call me out of town. State your name, where you from? Yeah, DJ Spontane. Uh, known Freeway for a long time. Good friend of mine. Yes, sir. Um, I got, it's like a two-part question. Um, first question is, uh, like, how does it feel, man, to have, like, a timeless record? Because that's, like, as a DJ, I know, like, how hard that is. I mean, there's a lot of old records that I play <laughs> that people do not care to hear. But as I DJ in all the clubs in Philly today, no matter when I play what we do, people still go crazy, man. So how does that feel, you know, to you to know that you have a timeless record on your hands? Couple of them. Uh, yep, absolutely. Of them. Yep, yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. True. Talk about it. No, but no. Seriously, though, man, it's definitely a blessing, man. I still get money today performing them joints, you know. And it, I just was making what I feel and what I felt the music in my heart. And, you know, obviously, like, I catch it a certain mood, like with a song like What We Do. A hundred years from now, people still gonna feel like everybody gotta get up and hustle. We still hustle till the sun come up. Crack a forty when the sun go down. It's a cold, cold winter. winter. Everybody can relate to that. You know what I'm saying? So when you make that type of music, it's a blessing, man. It's around, man. It's, I'm just blessed to have it, man. Because it's not too many people. The average uh, career span of a rapper is five years, and I've been doing this 17 years. I got a new situation. I'm about to drop a new project. I'm about to be excited about. It's just a blessing. 
Uh, second part of that question is, um, you know, I'm pretty sure everybody knows the the health issues that you came down with. Um, you know, how did that you know affect your career, and how did you, you know, how are you getting over it? I mean, first and foremost, you know, I, I give all grace to God. You know, f- for the people that don't know, but if you know anything about me, you know that I'm a Muslim, and I, you know, I'm a devout Muslim, pray five times a day. And, you know, I believe wholeheartedly in what, what Allah says, and he says, I'm not going to put nothing on you that you can't handle. So when I found out what it was, of course, I was fucked up about it in the beginning, but I just dealt with it. You know, we chose to stand in front of it. Uh, right now, I'm the ambassador for the National Kidney Foundation for 2017. Last year, I, w- uh, I got the Patient Advocacy Award for 2016, you know, um, I was one of the surrogates for Hillary Clinton, you know, going from city to city, talking about health care, you know, encouraging everybody to get health care, encouraging people, letting them know how important health care is, you know. So we we chose to stand in front of it instead of hiding it. I feel good. I got my days where I don't feel good, but most of the time I'm good and I'm just dealing with it, man. I'm on a transplant list. I need a kidney. So if anybody want to give me a kidney, I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, we work. Put a petition together. But, but besides that, you know, it's a blessing, man. I'm grinding, man. And, you know, I'm here. Things could have been way worse. That's what's up. I know a lot. Okay. We're going to do one more last question for Freeway if somebody has a question. Who's that? State your name, where you're from. Get that mic. Get it from the couch sessions over there. <laughs> Thank you. You're Hi, my name is Kayla. I'm also from Philly. Um, and my hey, question. Kayla. Hi. How you doing? <laughs> um, actually, I guess like piggybacking off of your question um, relating to your health, I was going to ask you, how are you eating? Am um, I eating? Mm-hmm. Oh, I eat. You know, I eat good. I had to change a lot of things in my diet. It's certain things that I can't indulge in like I used to, like potatoes. You know, I love French fries, home fries, potato chips. Um, you know, I got a one thing about a, a dialysis patient is you have to watch your fluid intake. You're only supposed to drink 32 ounces of fluid a day. I could drink a little more because, you know, I'm active and I you know, do a lot, of, a lot of things that I'm supposed to do. And, you know, I just got to watch the portion patrol and what I take in. And I'm doing good. You see, I lost a lot of weight and I'm looking I sexy know. now, baby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I was saying. I was like, dang, like when you were, you know, out, out and about before, I was like, dang, yo, he lost a lot of weight. But, um, but I mean, like, are you, because I know the big thing now is cutting back on meat. Are you doing that? Or? Yeah, I do. You know, I, um, I eat red meat here and there, but I definitely don't eat it as much as I used to, you know. And um, I'm, I'm actually thinking about trying a vegetarian diet sometime sure. soon. I just got to get around to it, you know, but besides that, man, health is wealth. It's so important to take care of yourself, keep up with your routine, physicals, make sure you go to the doctor at least once a year, man, because I was running around with kidney failure and I didn't even know it, you know, and I like, I could have dropped dead. When I finally went to the hospital, they was calling me the lucky star. My, my, my uh, kidney doctor said he never seen numbers as high as mine's. They couldn't believe that I was still walking around, you know what I'm saying? So, it's important to keep up with your routine physicals. Make sure you go to the doctor, you know, and, and uh, three, of the, three of the leading risk factors. One of, the, one of the leading risk factors is just being African-American. You know what I'm saying? So as soon as I came out to Kushi, I had a risk factor. You know what I'm saying? So <laughs> it's important to know these things. Another risk factor is high blood pressure. Another risk factor is diabetes. And I had high blood pressure and diabetes, so I had three of the leading risk factors for kidney failure, and I didn't even know it. I was walking around with it and didn't even know it. So 
Knowledge is power and health is wealth. So make sure y'all take care of yourself and make sure y'all stay informed about everything that's going on. We still hustle till the sun comes up. Yes, we do. Freeway, man, man, man. Thank you, Freeway. Thank you for blessing us at the WeWork in Philadelphia for the live premium P show. Thank you, man. I really enjoyed it. I admire Free, and I want to always keep him. Internet, keep him at him right now, at Freeway, and let him know. I like, go. My prayers are with you, because he's battling health issues, but he's continuing to be positive about it and give people their roses while they're here. Don't be waiting until you know someone's not here to give them their roses. Give people their roses while they're here. The next guest is. It's funny because most of the times, whenever I go into a town, I like to bring out the people from that town. Like I always say, artists, athletes, entrepreneurs, anybody who I consider inspiration or inspiring to not only me, the community, to the world. But, of course, I have a friend that happened to be around, and, and she's such an iconic trailblazer, such a fashionista, and just a dear friend to me, the one and only April Walker. April talks about getting her clothes on Shaggy, Mike Tyson, the biggest lessons from business that she's learned, the biggest lessons from her failures. And getting back up and never quitting. Man, let me tell you something. Walker Wear was a legendary clothing brand I started many years ago. Over 25 years ago. But to think about it. Over 25 years ago, getting her clothes on Biggie, Park, Aaliyah, R. Kelly, Naughty by Nature. I mean, it's insane to think about that. This is a woman that was a force to be reckoned with. A Brooklyn Knight. My dear friend, April Walker. Let's get to her on the live Premium Pete Show in Philadelphia. Cheer. First person that wore your clothes where you were like, holy shit, this is, this is a big deal. I think the first person was um, Shaggy and Shinehead. If you guys can remember Shaggy and Shinehead back in the day, they came in my first shop and um, in Brooklyn. They're from Brooklyn. And then one day... A little, not, he wasn't even little, he was a round kid named Biggie. He came in the shop. That was the first person that I built with that became like, holy shit, you know, for me. How did he even know that you had a shop? So I'm from Clinton Hill, and Big's from Clinton Hill. I used to see him all the time on the C train. You get out at Clinton and Washington, and him and his crew would be outside and back in the day Brooklyn wasn't the Brooklyn that we know now it wasn't gentrified so you had to come out on the Clinton side or the Washington side the Washington side was real so it was always this army of cats out there and and it would be Biggie and his whole crew and everybody would just put on their screw face and keep going so I'd see him for years coming out of that that actual train entrance, but I opened up a little tailor shop, a little custom shop, my first shop called Fashion in Effect. Shout out to Fashion in Effect. They set it off for me. Um, my first shop, and I had an Eric B. and Rakim airbrush shirt in the window, and that's what he came in asking about. You know, I remember a story you told me about um, Jam Master Jay. That one day you ran into him. What, what did he ask you? He gave you his business card or you gave him a business card? How did, I did. Because the reason why I asked that for is just for like today's day and age. There's tons of people, I'm sure. There's got to be some people here that try to start a clothing line or want to start a clothing line. How did, what was that interaction? Because I remember it being something that was like, you know, give me a call or something. How did that work out? 
So Kilimanjaro's was like a legendary club in New York and I was in this club one night and I ran into Run DMC and it was me and my crew that was working with me and we were all dressed in our stuff and he came up to me and said I like that outfit and I said I made it and he was like get the fuck out of here and I was like no really I made it and I ended up giving him a card and the next day he called and he was like we're doing a video I think it was or a photo shoot next week do you want to style it? Can you make something for us? And that was the beginning. I, I was like, yeah, right, in my mind. But he was serious, and that, that began our relationship. And I started styling Run DMC and working with them as a result of that first call. You know, one thing I like is that when you create history, that shit lasts forever. But when you're doing it, you don't even realize that you're Absolutely. creating history. You know, um, when they made the Tupac movie, even though I'm not the biggest fan of the Tupac movie, only reason why is there was an iPhone in that fucking movie. I was like, how the hell is there an iPhone in here? And at the same time, he was doing a Millie Rock. So I was like, wait, I don't understand this. But at the same time, they did... It, 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 Pac is legendary. They reached out to you. And they wanted you to recreate some pieces because Pac wore walkerware a lot of times. See, here's the thing. And, and if, if some of y'all don't know walkerware, it's okay when you get home... Google that and see who wore that. So many figures wore walker wear. I mean, without even going into what I'm talking to her about this, Mike Tyson wore walker wear. Okay, I'm going to skip over Pac in for a ring, second. In, in the, the ring. ring. How did that even happen? That, so let me just back up and say I have a lot of love for Philly. Just so you all know, I did my production here. This is one of the places Philly used in the 90s had a lot of factories back in the day. And my, my uncle lived in Germantown, so I spent a lot of time here. So, whoop, whoop, shout out to you, all right? Philadelphia. <laughs> all right, in the house. And, and I used to come here a lot. I used to make clothes for Derek Coleman when he played for the Sixers. So I used to come to the games out here. So I have a lot of history with Phil. Ishka Bibbles. Um, so. <laughs> Fuck so Pats and Joe. <laughs> So where are we at? Okay. Um, Mike, Mike Tyson. Mike Tyson. So Mike Tyson came home, and when he first came home from jail, um, everybody wanted to go to that fight, including me. So myself, Latifah, Naughty by Nature, Shaquem, we all went to the fight together. And, and, he, and they were like, we're going to Mike Tyson's house for a barbecue. And I was like, I want to go. So we go to the barbecue, and we're back in the in the back of his house everybody's hanging there and his sister Jackie is there I know her from Brooklyn and she's like come over here I want you to meet Mike and um, it was a surreal moment for me because I'm from Brooklyn Mike is like Mike Tyson you know and so I met him and he was like yo I've seen your stuff for a long time when he was in jail and Tupac and you know a lot of people were mentioning me, so he was like, I want to get some stuff, and that's how our relationship started. Mm. Now, what about uh, Tupac? Tupac, I met Tupac before he was the Tupac everybody knows. He was a roadie at that time, and he was trying to get his foot in the door. I think he was about 19, and I was a stylist. I had a styling division as well as walkerware. We styled like over a hundred videos and photo shoots and things you would you would know. Um, and so 
I met him first on, I think I met him first on a styling set for BWP, Bitches with Problems, back in the day with Def Jam. And then, I know nobody remembers that group, right? You do? All right, that's what's up. That's what's up. Okay, so then after that, I saw him again on the Juice set. I was an extra on that. And then after that, we kept running to each other through Ed Lover and Stretch. He was a good friend of... um, Stretches, so and Stretch and me were like this, so that's how we came together. And I got to make some stuff from for him, and then for Tretch, he was hanging with Tretch, you know, when they were doing the juice. And and then I just started styling for both of them. Mm, mm. Classic relationships, relationships, relationships Actually, are everything. You know, you you recently just wrote a book called "Get Your Ass Off the Couch." Right. Uh, we I did an episode on that, you know, where we dissected. What that means, you know what I mean? Where's it available on Amazon? Amazon, BarnesandNobles.com, or WalkAway.com. You know, there, there needs to be a new book place. I feel like somebody needs to create something that's really, like, I don't know, like, you know, I feel like people are recreating stuff. You know what I mean? I would love to see the book game recreated. I mean, I'm not talking about the, I'm talking about the way we buy it or the way we celebrate it. You know, because I still like tangible items. Like, it's nothing like, you know, I feel like. I don't know. Tomorrow, I would love to lay on a beach and read a book. You know what I mean? Walk a gym's book. Most definitely. No, but I, I, I like self-help books, too. But more importantly, like, hearing all these stories about Pac, you know, Mike Tyson wearing walk-aware in the ring, Aaliyah, R. Kelly, Biggie, you know, it, it's, you know, when you think about the today's day and age of, of, of fashion, how much has that changed? Man, it's changed forever you know it's 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 when i first started <clears throat> there wasn't anything called streetwear there wasn't anything called urban fashion literally they wouldn't put me on the floor at the magic convention show because they didn't understand what the culture was you know um and it was myself carl canine cross colors and we were the only three brands and they it, they gave us a little meeting room on the side they wouldn't even give us a room um, of space on the floor because they said we don't know where to put you. So I watched it go from that to becoming a multi-billion dollar business and I've watched it going from having to go to trade shows to sell to now being digital and you could really be all over the world at once and sell your product. So we're living in a time where you could really have a dollar in a dream and make it happen from wherever you want to be in life, in, in the world, you know? Mm, amen. Anybody have a question for Avery Walker? Hey, I'm Jay from uh, South Jamaica, Queens. Big fan of you, April. Pete, what's up? It's family. What's up, sir? <laughs> so my question is, what gave you the courage to go to Dapper Dance when you were super young in the game to sit there and to learn? Like, how did you know they would even let you in the building? So, honestly, I used to just be a fly on the wall because the Apollo amateur night at the Apollo was down the block. So it would be a crew of us that would go to Apollo, and then after we would go over there and just basically it was getting where you could fit in by just watching I knew people that were buying from him, so I would go in with them and watch the way they bought and everything. I didn't know him personally then. I just saw a setup and the way he he operated. And then when I opened my first shop, I just basically just recreated that blueprint versus starting with my own thing. But how did you know that they would be cool with you even going to the store? 
Uh huh. Well, it was a kind of like a hangout spot too. You could go in there and 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 people would there would be people from all over the world. They would have Japanese toys, you know, Mike Tyson, Mitch Green. It was like the spot to go at after hours. So it was more in that and immersed in that situation of like being a sponge or whatever. That's how I knew. You know what I mean? It wasn't like um I was always a hustler. You know what I mean? That's the bottom line. So 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 I was always like looking with a different lens. If that makes sense. No, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. God Thank bless. You. God bless. Any anybody else have a question for April Walker? We got something? Hello. Hi. Oh, who's that? Right here. I can't right see you. Okay, there we go. There you go. What step up it? step up front over here. Don't worry, don't be shy. Ain't nobody looking at you. <laughs> What's your name? Where are you from? Brandon from New Jersey. What was the um, the biggest thing you learned from being an entrepreneur? Hmm. Uh, fail forward fast. Don't be afraid to fail because you're going to fail. You can't run from it. You can't hide from it. All of us in this room have or will fail if we live long enough. So just get up, brush your knees off, and keep going. Mm, mm. Amen, amen, amen. Let's make some noise for April Walker. Internets, this podcast is supported by Hendrix, a uniquely curious gin created from 11 fine botanicals and oddly infused with rose and cucumber. It's perfect for creating undeniably peculiar but utterly delicious cocktails. Internets, let me tell you something. When you start talking about rose and cucumber and all this type of stuff, I love this stuff, okay? Now, I want you to understand this. It's designed for the curious. Hendrix provokes the imagination and rewards those who enter with surprise and wonder. To learn more, I want you to visit HendrixGin.com. That's H-E-N-D-R-I-C-K-S-G-I-N.com. Or go to Drizzly, D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com and use promo code Cucumber and Rose. Again, one more time. That's Cucumber. It's C-U-C-U-M-B-E-R, the ampersand, the and sign, for those who don't know. Rose, R-O-S-E, for $5 off your first Drizzly order. That's Cucumber Ampersand Rose. Listen to me. Please enjoy the unusual responsibly Hendrix Gin, 44% alcohol by volume, 2021, imported by William Grant & Sons Incorporated, New York, New York. Check them out. And now let's get back to the show. Man, April Walker dropping them gems. Giving you that sauce on how to survive. There's so many people who want to start streetwear brands. Let me tell you something. You want my first advice? Listen. Listen to people's mistakes. Listen to people's successes. And then go out and make your own. Next person I, I, I've, I've admired for the past couple of years. I was put on to him by my friend Al Lindstrom. Shouts to Al. The one and only Quincy Harris, man. QDZ. Listen, if you're from Philadelphia, you should know who this is. This is a dude that was on Power 99 with Cosmic Kev, breaking artists like the one and only Meek Mill. Yes, he'll admit it. He did it. And then having his own show on Fox. And I don't think, you know, we taped this um, a couple months ago, so it was before the new year. And I don't think he had announced it, but now he has his own morning show on 100.3 in Philly, him and Kay Fox. Man, I'm proud of Quincy Harris. He's on TV, he's on radio, he's living his dreams, okay? 
And we just talked to him about like just what it takes to be on TV, what it takes to be on radio, what it takes to reinvent yourself. It's not easy. Okay? You want to learn something? You're going to learn today. Internet, let's get to Quincy Harris. Cheer. Yo, 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 first uh, of all, for, okay, uh, okay, okay, okay. Let's get it. For, let's get for, it cracking. First, yeah, there we go. Uh, Q, Q, hey. Q, DZ. What up? Quincy Harris. Yup. Am I missing any other ones? Uh, Q Dog. Q Dog, okay, okay. That was, uh, that was early on. Mm. Born and raised in Philly? Germantown, Walnut Lane and Magnolia. Okay, talk about it. Uh, yeah, Huffies. Uh, St. Martin de Porres, mm. you know, uh, Bibbles? no, uh, we up, up that way was like, uh, Delisandros. Okay. Okay. On, uh, Henry. Okay. Yeah. What else? Yeah. So, right, right, right off the bat. And, and, and this is something that I really admire and we'll bounce around. You're in TV now. You have your own show, the Q on Fox. Yes. Okay. Or the Q. Did I say the Q on Fox? Well, yeah, the Q has okay, the Q. Q on Fox. Yeah. How hard is it to convince people to do what you do? Meaning, like, because sometimes the higher-ups don't really understand mm. what you, that you, that, you know, that like you have a vision maybe that could be something that, like, yeah, don't work. And you're like, how are you going to tell me what the fuck is cool? Yeah. How hard is it to create TV? So, for me, um, I treated myself like an artist. Like, being on the radio, Mina knows this. When you're on the radio, uh, you know, all the artists come up to you like, yo, I'm MC such and such. I'm the hottest thing out. You should, like, play my songs, right? And then you're like, ah, okay. And then, you know, you hear the songs like, oh, this is horrible. And um, <laughs> so when I, when I got to TV, I was like, okay, I'm going to treat myself like an artist. And every time I would tell an artist, I'm like, dude, just do the work. And like, let people talk for you, and let your work talk for you. So when I got to Fox, that's I just start getting busy. Like I just started using my my radio connections. I started doing things that they, you know, the connections that they didn't have, and they offered me the show. I, I didn't come to them with the show. It was my that was my idea, but I didn't think it would, I, I never thought it would happen at a, a news station. They weren't doing original content until my show came out. So I just started producing content. You know, um, on the news, you have to, um, you know, the, 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 the protocol is, hey, I have this story. And then you go to the managing editor and they're like, hey, uh, what do you think about this story? They're like, mm, I really don't see it. So what I would do is I would get my, my camera, I get my homies' cameras, and we go shoot a story. Then I come back to Fox, like, yo, here. So I just kept doing that here, here, here. And they were like, oh, my gosh. Oh, this is great. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, you did this on your own. Oh, oh, oh. And, you know, a year and a half of that, boom, they offered me my own show. Mm. So I just literally just took my own advice. Mm. I'm, a, I'm a genius. This is what's going on. There you go. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yo, genius. I, I like that. I like that because, you know what? I like that people get to even hear that because you know what it is. Think about it. There's plenty of times I, I tweeted way too many times that – there's ideas that come out of a meeting, and you say to yourself, "Who the fuck actually in that meeting said that's a good idea?" There's so like when you think about it, that what was it, Dove? Remember they said yeah. right? Who the yeah. fuck came out of that meeting and was like, "This is a great idea. Let's run with this," you know? But you think about it, it's the people who sometimes you know, and I'm not harping on that, but it's the people sometimes who really doesn't understand the culture, who really doesn't understand what's dope or not. Well, and, I, you know what I think though, Pete, I think. You got to paint the picture mm. like you have to just give them the, the pie already baked. Mm. Like a lot of times you're, you know, a lot of times with a lot of our dreams or aspirations or our ideas, we're like, hey, what do you think about this? 
And they're like, mm, I really can't see it. Come back, like shoot it, produce it, do it, and then bring it and say, this is, this is what, you know, your words really, uh, I mean, sure. your work really speaks for itself. Sure. So I just will put it on the table. You know, you're credited, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you're credited with, with Cosmic Kev of helping me break Meek Mill. Would you say that? No, I wouldn't say that. On radio? I would absolutely say that, okay. yes. <laughs> what the fuck? Okay, so yeah, no, you tell yeah. the story. Um, I, I, it was something in me. You know, it was around the time where a lot of people in New York were, you know, getting deals. And, you know, Philly was, you know, we we're always like the stepchild in hip-hop. And um, it was a wave after, like, the state property. And, you know, people in New York were always looking for the next and I was just saying, I said, man, you know, a lot of times people would, you know, emulate what was hot. I was like, dude, all you got to do is take that Philly grittiness. Like, I, I feel like two songs that really um, embody what Philadelphia was at the time was like Flipside with Freeway mm. and PD Crack, right? Like, it's a, it's a hard song, but you can dance to it. And uh, they talking about shooting people and all that stuff. People are like, yeah. And like, it was, it was a, it was a perfect blend where it was like, a, it was a, it was a club record, but they talking, they talking gangster on the record. So I was like, man, that's the blend. And I saw what Meek was doing early on. Like he was doing that same kind of bounce. Like he was talking gangster, but that girls were dancing to the records. So I was like, he needs one song. I said, you just need one song that really embodies something that we say or slang or something. And he came with this record called uh, In My Bag. And he sent it to me off of uh, DJ Amir's MySpace page. He was like, can you play? I'm like, dude, you got DJ Amir drops on it. But I, I thought the song was amazing. And at the time, I wasn't even in Philly. I was living in L.A. And I heard the song. I was like, oh, this is what, this is it. So I sent it to Cosmic Kev. I'm like, dude, Meek got one. This is, I'm telling you, something about this dude. He got it. And um, Kev played the record, like, 8 o'clock mixtape. And I, I knew Kev wasn't really feeling it. He was like, well, he just wanted to see. He was like, hey, he played it. And at the time, uh, Mikey Dredd, who Mean is on, on the air with, Mikey Dredd and Uncle O, oh, he would just murder records, right? So they didn't say anything. And I was listening online. I'm like, oh, they ain't say nothing. Maybe they don't know or they're trying to figure it out. And um, that song just, it blew up. It grew. And then me kept making these type of records, Rose Red, Diamonds Blue, all this, this different kind of stuff. And he's Meek, you know, he, he turned into, you know, the Meek we all know today. Free Meek Mill. Yes, sir. You know, um, when you think about your career, radio, TV, you know, what's on deck 2018? I'll just say TV. TV, um, internet, like just producing content. I just want to produce as much content across as many platforms as possible. I mean, you look at it now, you got to do, not you have to, the audience is so fragmented. You know, some people listen to podcasts, some people listen to podcasts online, some people listen to radio, some people watch TV, some people DVR, some people just watch Instagram. So just flood it. Every, just, you know, every, every platform. You know, um, there's a guy on my team named Rob. What's up, Rob? Where's Rob? I don't know where he's at. He asked, hey, me, so, he asked me something today that I'm going to ask you. Because I was like, damn, that's a good fucking question. He asked me. Motherfucker confused me. He's like, yo, you ever been nervous interviewing somebody? Mm. And, I, and when he asked me that, I was like, and I've sat down with a lot of people. And I'm like, you know what? When I sat down with Ice-T, I don't know why. He was looking at me, and I'm looking at him. Yeah. And I'm like, damn, this is a motherfucker from New Jack City. Forget about fucking, yeah. forget about, like, I grew up on New Jack City, like, so much. I was like, this motherfucker was running in the park, running at the pookie. 
Yeah. And I was like, yo, this is, I don't know why. You know, and I sat down with Chuck, L, you know, I yeah. mean, everybody from. Bun. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the family. All day. But um, have you ever been nervous? Yeah, man? totally. I think, but I think I got to a certain point in my career where I just don't care. Meaning, like, you, you put your pants on the same way I put my pants on. I feel like um, a lot of times, like, when I, like, knock that out and just, like, really are prepared, um, I'm just trying to have a conversation. Like, I have points in my head that I want to ask as, like, a true fan. And then just go with it from there. Um, I think the only times I, you, I may get, um, I don't know, nervous now is like if it's somebody that I really don't know. Like I don't like I you know if they ask me to interview her, you know, like I'm like I don't know her, but you know I think we always have a common theme of just like relating to people. I like I just like talking well, to people. That's so true because it's funny for for years. It's funny you say that because it's like I have so many relationships. I just try to sit down, honestly, and, and this is how me and Combat try to create the show and, and in my show, too, is just sit down with people we fuck with. And yeah. so that's people you know or somebody knows of. So when you don't sit down with somebody you don't know, you're right. It, it, it is different and, and it is challenging. It's more challenging because when you know somebody, that shit is easy. Yeah. You know, I've created great content. You know what? I love when you sit down with Kevin Hart. Oh, that's my guy. I've been knowing Kevin since uh, 98, 99. Like, he would come up to the radio station when I was, like, a guy out in the street doing stuff for the morning show. And he was just a guy that just went to high school at Washington. And, we like, we graduated high school the same year. Uh, his, like, right-hand guy, Wayne, me and him worked at the supermarket together. Uh, what's, uh, well, what's his name? A spank. Me and Spank, like, I helped Spank out early on in his career. Like, we all came up together. So it's just, like, just talking. That's what I love about the show. You know, I've seen uh, Black Thought on there. Like, yeah. you're a Philly dude. Like, it's important for people to fuck with you from your own town. You know, people don't fuck with you from your own town, man. That's something, something to say about yeah. you, you know? Yeah. Honestly, you think about it, man. Yeah. If people don't fuck with you, you know, like, in your own town, then if you ain't popping in your own town, it's hard to pop outside. Yeah, you can't, you can't. Yeah, you can't try to – we're focused on this first. Like, I literally, with artists, they were coming to me. I'm like, dude, just – you. oh, that's – oh, shout out to P. Um, Rest in peace, man. Yeah, dude, just – Focus on what's in front of you. I think a lot of people are like, man, I want to be the biggest thing like Meek or Ross. And it's just like focus on this right here first. Like I, I would love to be like Jimmy Fallon. But what I got to do is I got to kill what's in front of me right now. Every day at 12, watch this plug, every day at 12 noon or 1230 a.m., I, there's a new viewer at least once a day. And I got to come out there with the same energy like it's show number one. You know, one thing I love about you, too, is uh, he always, on Instagram story, I don't know how many people follow Q, but if you don't, you make sure you follow him, the Q on Fox. I think that's why, you know, you know what I realized, and correct me if I'm wrong, anybody in the room, when you know somebody by their Instagram name, because that's all you really see, you start calling them that. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I start calling the Q on Fox, because, like, that's your fucking Instagram, right? Yeah, yeah we're so, about to change it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but one thing I like is his Instagram stories. He's always putting his kids on, uh, yeah. on there. And it's funny because you'll put like a, a song that you play after you drop yeah. them off. Yo, real talk. When is it okay to play the curses in a song for your kid? Um, all right. So my, my two sons are three and six. And, um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I try to, like, I try not to curse in front of what well, we don't. Curse. Would you play Uchiwala for them at 13 or something? 
Yeah, 13, yeah, 13, okay. yeah. 13 is like, come on, dude, like, 13 now is like 24. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, 13 is not the same 13. So, like, 13 is like literally, it's like double the age. So, yeah, I'll definitely do that. But, like, now, uh, I mean, they go to, like, a, a school, you know, and, like, they judge, the parents judge. So, uh, we try to keep it clean. But, you know. Now, you know, I'll be honest with you. I mean, I love, I mean, I have a. I mean, I love being a parent. It changed my life. Yeah. I have an almost 18-year-old daughter and an almost 3-year-old uh, son. So it's like I have like this humongous gap. You got a babysitter. Almost, definitely. Yeah. But, more, but she wants more money than the babysitter. <laughs> but, you know, it's crazy because it's like I was with DeRay yes, uh, last week. And he's like, yo, you're a great Instagram dad. And I'm like, what the fuck is the Instagram dad, you know? But that's because that's where people see each other these yeah. days. And when I see your shit, I'm like, yo, this motherfucker, I love, this guy's a good dad, man. His kids are crying. He's, you know, he's, he's yeah. he making fun of them. Like, you know, what are you crying about? Yeah. I, I love seeing people, especially fathers. And this is nothing as mothers are amazing. Mothers really make the world go around. It's amazing when you think about how a mother, a girl, can become a mother in a second. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden they just get these natural. But I love seeing fathers in their kids' life. It's so important. And uh, so I love seeing that. No, for you. thank you. Like my dad, my mom and dad, they were there. Uh, my dad, he was, you know, in the house. So that's what I saw. Like even before this, like I was like, man, do I stay down here or I go home? So I, wrote, I raced home. I cooked dinner. You know, my wife gave him the kids a, a shower real quick because the bath is too too long. Gave him a shower. Boom. I came back down. Like the number one thing I don't do this for. I mean, it's happy. I'm glad like, you know, people watch the show and the accolades. But like my kids turn up messed up because I'm not home. That's like, sure, that's sure. What I, I, I'm doing it for my family tree, my, my legacy. Sure. Family is all that matters. You know, yeah. I, remember, I remember I remember Memphis Bleak saying something like, yo, I got the money to stay in the, the, the plaza for six months. But after those six months, I got to go home, and the Frosted Flakes is still in the counter above yeah. the microwave. You know, so it meant like, yo, sh- you know, back to reality. But yeah. but most importantly, the people that matter. The next guest I'm going to bring on is the one and only Grouchy Greg, co-founder of AllHipHop.com. Shouts to Chuck Creekmer. He's the other co-founder. Let me tell you something. AllHipHop.com, man, I think like 20 plus years in the business. Speaks about what it takes to maintain a website. And really just document the culture. Man, I can't even begin to tell you how um, influential allhiphop.com has been. But regardless of that, how long they've been around. Man, once again, shouts to Grouchy Greg. Shouts to Chuck Creekmer. We had Grouchy on talking about his, he's on trial. We spoke about Jimmy Henchman. Spoke about a bunch of shit. Okay? Let's get to the one and only Grouchy Greg from allhiphop.com. Cheers. Well, first of all, thanks for being here. And shouts to everybody else for being here. It means a lot. But more importantly, um, what I want to talk about before we even go into starting allhiphop.com, a site that's been around for how many years is it just so I'm right? Well, Chuck and I, who's my partner, Chuck Creekmer, Creekmer Jigsaw, um, we're celebrating the brand's 20th together as a partnership. But there were two years prior to that. Um, so for me, next year will be my 22nd year with allhiphop.com, the domain name, and then the transition into Chuck and I's partnership. So Chuck and I's partnership is turning 20 this year. Make some noise for that. Yeah, it's amazing. Reason why I say make some noise for that. Think about that. Imagine starting a blog, right? Because I think when people say they want to start a blog, at the time when they spoke about a blog. 
I don't think they ever pictured to be around for 22 fucking years. It's something that doesn't really happen a lot. But more importantly, what I want to talk to you about, too, is something that we were talking about beforehand, is that doing journalism on the Jimmy Henchman case. Right. You know, that you're doing now. How did that even fucking happen? Well, um, part of it happened because of events before, you know, we were even doing all hip-hop. You know, when Tupac got shot at the quad, you know, that set off, as we all know, a whole string of events that, you know, have been turned into movies and a whole cottage industry. Um, so, you know, around 98, excuse me, around 99, 2000, you know, the L.A. Times started running, um, you know, articles about Jimmy Henchman, Tupac, his uh, alleged involvement in the shooting, um, going back to uh, a, a journalist named Chuck Phillips, who won a Pulitzer Prize and ended up getting, you know, booted from the L.A. Times later on in this, like, ongoing saga or saga. Um, so, you know, through uh, just being around in hip-hop at the time, you know, um, because, you know, remember, Pac was, you know, 96, Big was 97. Mm. You know, the year 2000, 2001 wasn't really that far, you know, after those events. So people were still really interested in what was happening. So Jimmy, of course, you know, before any of that stuff came into our relationship. We were just cool because, you know, he had Czar Entertainment and he was managing a lot of different people. And same with 50. We knew him before he even had his deal, you know, when he was independent. Um, we were covering him. So I had already developed um, relatively decent relationships with both of them. You know, having a block for 22 years is probably people that love you for covering them, supporting them for years, and then people who hate you. For probably, you know, writing. Has there been any problems, uh, you know, with, with writing articles about people that are not happy? Uh, I mean, yeah, we, we always have our, uh, um, problems with people that aren't happy. Um, have we ever had any physical problems like some of our peers? Uh, never. You know, um, we both carry ourselves a certain way. Not saying that other people don't, but we just carry ourselves a certain way where, you know, we have a mutual respect for artists, and a lot of times there's certain lines that we just decide we won't cross just because that's what, how, who we are. Sure, you know? sure. What's some of the biggest articles over 22 years? What's some of the biggest things you covered, like, meaning like that got the most exposure? Uh, the gentleman who, uh, shot, or who you know, shot Tupac admitted that to us mm. um, in uh, 2011, a guy named Dexter Isaac. Jimmy, you know, supposedly hired him to come to the quad and, you know, with a few other dudes and shoot Pac, and he did it, you know. Um, and, you know, Dexter, uh, well-known, you know, throughout the uh, uh, criminal um, underworld, you know, he's serving a life sentence now, you know, for, uh, you know, murdering somebody for an insurance policy, mm. you know. So, you know, heavy, heavy dudes in the streets, you know. How do, you know, think about it in this day and age, how do you still stay alive in the, in, in, in the website like, honestly, because yeah. it's tough. Like, people are on their phone, like, not everybody visits websites. You know, how do you still stay alive? All I thought you meant how do we stay alive, like, not getting shot. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, you know, it really comes down to, uh, like, any industry or any business that anybody might be thinking to, to start. It's, you know, your application, how you apply yourself, and really um, 
always planning and trying to plan. Um, you know, you might not always execute your plans flawlessly, but having some sort of roadmap um, really helps. And then I always like to say staying on the edge of your industry so you know what's coming next, whether it's tech or, you know, um, journalism or advertising, you know. So it really takes a lot to, to keep constantly learning and, you know, not be looking back at, you know, 20 years. You know, there's no time to pat yourself on the back. You know, when you when you think about having a business for 22 years, were you able to, like, it's funny that you say that, but were you able to do other things so far with it, build and open up other things? Because I'll be honest with you, you know, like, when people, like, people to me today say, I meet people that are like, yo, I want to be an artist. And I look at them, and some of them are good. But I'm like, yo, their scale is just being an artist. You think about it. So you're you're juggling for the same money that everybody makes. I love what Nas is doing, open up Sweet Chicks with the kid John or, or being in tech. Like, I feel like stepping out of things and doing things. Like, I had this conversation with Bun the other day, and I was like, yo, what's next? You know, my friend who owns the shoegame.com is a sneaker site. I've been talking to him for years. And I was like, yo, what's next when people don't want to go on your site anymore? Do you th Have you thought like that? Oh, of course. Uh, you know, uh for us, I believe with all hip hop, you know, the key is continuously mirroring what's actually happening in hip hop so that, you know, people can, you know, easily find one place to get it. Um, you know, obviously there's a lot more competition now than there was, you know, even five years ago. You know, I mean, five, six years ago, websites like TMZ weren't maybe they weren't even in existence. I don't know how old they are, but they weren't necessarily covering hip hop, which has become the most dominant form of music and culture on the earth now. So um, diversification for me personally, you know, I've owned multiple domain names for, you know, 20 years. So um, I've started collegehiphop.com, which, you know, uh, uh, focuses on exploring um, uh, the world through hip-hop culture, through the mm. five elements. So it's not news and rumors, it's more features, longer in-depth content that if you're into science, technology, engineering, and actually mathematics, those things can all be explored through the five elements of hip-hop. You ever get writer's block? Um, no, nah, not really, honestly. Um, it's pretty hard in hip-hop to get write writer's block. You know, number one, the news is constant. People are always doing things, and that spawns ideas, um, you know. Um, so, nah, um, there are times where I get sick of writing or um, I get sick of reading or editing or, you know, um, the things that come with running a, a business that's pretty much 24 hours a day. But writer's block, nah, you know, um, I feel like there's an endless wealth of opportunities through each one of the elements. You, you know, know it's funny. Uh, one of my we'll wrap it up soon. But my last question is, uh, you know, with a site called allhiphop.com, I'll never forget. Uh, Fab Five Freddy, I was with him and 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 he was like, "Yo, hip hop is 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 so it's it's just so evolving, but not everything is hip hop. Like you know, World Star, he he was explaining like, "Yo, World Star hip hop. Somebody posted somebody getting a blowjob in the back of a car. That's not hip hop, you know. Like that's that's the exact words of Fab Five Freddy to me." And you being allhiphop.com, you guys ever post something different where somebody say, "I only want hip hop." Yeah, you know, um, we have a lot of purists out there. You know, um, we have a section, an alternative section, where R&B artists will pop in and out, you know what I mean? Because 
people that are into hip hop and R&B music has kind of coalesced so much that, you know, sometimes it makes sense. But of course, we get purists out there who are saying, you know, don't add that. But, you know, we never go outside of our lane and try to do what Worldstar or, you know, some of the other sites do. And, you know, I, I, I always, as the owner of all hip hop, you know, um, as Worldstar, you know, started to rise, people always came up to us assuming that there was some sort of rift or beef between us and Q when in reality, you know, RIP, you know, Q was a friend of mine, you know, we worked together in the early days of World Star, and he had a great deal of respect for all hip hop. So, you know, um, I never, I, I just always felt that the best approach to take was to stick to our vision of, you know, what we felt a hip hop website should be. Most definitely. Any questions for Greg? Oh, we got one right here. You got a mic? State your name, where you're from. My name is Greg as well, and I'm also from Delaware. Oh, Greg, from Delaware, brother in the world, doppelganger. <laughs> right, right. Um, I just wanted to know: um, could you offer advice? Any advice you have, just for like pitching? Um, I guess specifically, um, you know, for you, and then as well as pitching to other uh, publications. Yeah, you know, I think um, you know, understanding now that. It's a, a real multimedia game, you know, so it's pointless to give me a 500 or 600 word story. Forget what needs to go into an actual story for editing. You know what I mean? Like, first of all, let's start there. You know, you have to have good writing, good grammar. None of us have has a lot of time to spend a lot of time fixing your works and redlining it like they teach you in school and sending it back. By that time, the shit is old. So it has to come to us in its most complete form. And then you have to understand that it's really switched to a visual medium. So, you know, you have to know more than just uh, being a journalist. I mean, even in, um, in the colleges now, when we go around and talk on campuses, they have convergence journalism students, you know, where everything is converged and they can learn everything. So the biggest thing is have your work buttoned up so that the editor can look at it and say, yes, this is something I want. Mm-hmm. Anybody else got a question for Greg? Any up and coming journalists? Anybody want to? No, we got one. We got one more. We got one more. Get, get him a mic. One more. One more. Give him a mic. It's going to be the toughest one. Oh, Quincy. How you doing, okay. Quincy Harris from Germantown, Walnut Lane, Magnolia? Cheer, cheer, Don't cheer, live there cheer. Think I've heard of you. Who are you? Okay, you saw like the evolution of of websites and journalism and, and hip-hop, you know, coming together. Where do you see the next five to ten years? I took your, I took your question? Oh, all right. Where do you see things going the next five to ten years because you're so deep into the tech space? Um, well, I think the biggest thing right now is um, twofold. You know, the first one is the fact that most people are cutting their cords from television and using the internet to watch television. Um, that presents a very unique opportunity for people who have spent years developing out content libraries. Somebody like yourself that's probably sitting on, you know, thousands of hours of content. Um, and so, you know, as people disconnect, there's not enough uh, uh, yet in the OTT world, over the top, you know, television is what it's called world, where 
you know, there's nothing to watch, you know, aside from the big major things that you can already watch or what you pay for. So I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity in the Internet TV space. I mean, I know it. That's that's where it's going to happen. Um, well, um, yes, uh, uh, um, but also just the concept of even YouTube, you know, like people. I mean, I sit down and watch YouTube, you know, on my TV now. I, I mean, I cut my cable, my direct TV, you know, two years ago because the bill was, was too ridiculous. And, you know, the second thing that's coming is it's going to happen again with the phone companies, you know, where big guys like AT&T and, you know, you're going to have more options is my point. Um, and I think for anybody that's producing content, you know, the, the future is, first of all, mobile and thinking and understanding that your mobile phone is really also your remote control to the, your other devices. Now, what that means for you, not you personally, but to people as content creators, that's where you have to get your creative thing in. But, you know, knowing that you're going to walk into your house someday and say, yo, uh, turn on Q on, not Q on Fox, turn on Q, you know what I'm saying? And uh, then your TV is just going to turn it on and play. So, you know, it's heading in that direction. Um, and then everything is still moving smaller with the phones and the third screen. So, mm. I mean, if I were an artist or somebody, you know, looking at the future, I would definitely be thinking mobile, you know, how I can get involved with mobile. You know, they're making payment, paying for things easy now with one click. And so it's really figuring out all of the different pieces of technology in this industry and understanding how they all fit together, you know, and how you can monetize them. So sorry for that long winded. No, no, it's good. It's good. It's good stuff. Good stuff. Hey, hey, listen, uh, make some noise for Greg, man. And that rounds it up. The one and only Grouchy Greg, co-founder of AllHipHop.com, was great chopping up with him. Again, listen, Internets, I love doing live shows. Tell me where you want me to come and do a live show in your city, okay? I want to thank WeWork for partnering up with me. We have visited so many cities already, like Atlanta, New York, Houston, Philadelphia, and we're going to keep on going strong. This year, we're visiting more and more and more stops. I want to give a big shout-out to our sponsors, Grillo's Pickles and Jason Mark, okay? Grillo's Pickles, best pickles in the game. Jason Mark, best shoe cleaner in the game. Trust me, premium approved. And I want to give a big shout-out to my friends, the twins, the one and only Food Chases. Go on Instagram, at Food Chases. They're a fellow foodie of mine. I love what they're doing. They came and provided... Like, yo, that's that, that's real G shit. Like, people want to understand how people are real. We came into Philadelphia. They're from Philadelphia. They baked us a bunch of dishes. Like, yo, you, you can't be coming into my city, and I can't feed you all right. So, shouts to the food chases. Twin sisters, good people. I got a lot of love for them. And more importantly, shouts to the team. You know, it takes a lot. You It takes a lot to put these things together. So, shouts to my brother Isaiah. Okay? Shouts to the one and only Rob and Benson, okay, and Noah, and Momo, okay? That, that, listen, Internet, you're nothing without a team. And they were there helping make sure everything gets straight and making sure we provide a dope experience. Again, I want to shout out DJ Spontane. I want to shout out my guy Bajorn from Philly, helping me put everything together. And I want to shout out my Suplex family. Let me tell you something, Internet, Suplex Philadelphia, best sneaker shop in Philadelphia. You go there, and you let them know a premium Pete show sent you, okay? Well, actually... 
Just premium Pete in general. But don't be trying to get no discounts off now. I ain't giving you no discounts. And don't go there trying to uh, uh, smoke no regular weed with them. They don't do that. Okay? They don't do that type of stuff. Internet says we wrap up this live premium Pete show in Philadelphia. I want to shout out all the guests that stopped by and took their time out to sit with me. Shouts to Mina Say What. Shouts to the one and only Freeway. Shouts to April Walker. Shouts to Quincy Harris. And shouts to Grouchy Greg, co-founder of AllHipHop.com. I really appreciate their time. I hope you enjoyed everything they had to say. And you know what's dope? There's a lot of great Q&As. That's what I like, too. We get the audience involved. So like I said, internets, open up that Twitter app, at Premium Pete, at Premium Pete Show, even at WeWork. Let us know where you want us to come. Let us know what city you want us to touch down in and bring the Premium Pete Show. Because, again, I told you, the Premium Pete Show live, it's going to be music. It's going to be food. It's going to be drinks. It's going to be networking. I want to get out of your house. I want to bring people from the community. I want you to be able to rub shoulders with people maybe you never knew before. Or people who you didn't think you could move, you know, just like network with. Networking, I'm telling you, I know it's corny and it's cliche, but your network will determine your net worth. Internet, that's it for the live Premium Pete Show. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and tell a friend to tell a friend. Live Premium Pete Show in Philadelphia. Hope you enjoyed it. See you next episode. Cheers. Man, that Philly Live throwback episode, man. I hope you enjoyed it, man. You know, shouts to everybody that came through. Listen, if you're a small brand, big brand, whatever, you want to advertise on the Premium Pete Show, email me, thepremiumpetshow at gmail.com. Again, that's the Premium Pete. Hold on. Thepremiumpetshow at gmail.com. Email me. If you want to find about advertisement, you want to, adver- you want to get on other shows, production, and listen. Just make sure you email us and tell a friend to tell a friend about the Premium Pete Show. Subscribe, rate. We'll see you next episode. Peace and blessings to you and yours worldwide. Cheers.